0: Hey, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with our co host Frank Padre, And uh, our guest this week is a weather forecaster, TV host, sometimes actor, producer, writer, occasional cartoonist, author of over a dozen books, a New York Times best selling author, in fact, and a popular culture fixture who seems to have been on TV since I was 11 years old <laughs> you've seen him in feature films like cloudy with a chance of meatballs the sharknado series robot Zombieland, double zombie double tap and on the hit TV shows like Seinfeld Will & Grace, 30 Rock, The Simpsons, and The Blacklist, just to name a few. He also holds the record for guest appearances on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And he's now in his 43rd year at NBC. And on December 14th, 2018th episode of Today... He was honored for 40 years at the network when the Today Plaza was officially named Rocafella Plaza in his honor. He's also the winner of 10 Emmy Awards for his decades of television work, as well as his terrific interviews of icons and legends like Carl Reiner, Stan Lee, Betty White, William Shatner, and his hero, Charles M. Schultz. His new memoir is called, You Look So Much Better in Person, True Stories of Absurdity and Success, and we're excited to have him here with us. Please welcome to the show an individual of many talents and a man who says he plays the Theme from the TV show *The A Team* every morning. The pride of Saint Albans, New York.
1: The one, the only Al Roker. Well, thank you guys. That's awfully nice. It's, Hello, uh, Al. My gosh, it's. Uh, it's it, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready to just lay down and just have people put dirt on me now. It's, <laughs> pretty much it's all over
0: yeah yeah the the only thing missing was found dead in his new
1: york apartment <laughs> that's right my wife is ra- waiting to read that in the times
0: <laughs> hey where where we've co-starred in like i guess a few movies
1: now <laughs>
2: Well, I don't think you guys shared the screen at any point no. did you? No. in the Sharknado
3: series. No,
1: no, nobody shared the screen with anybody in the Sharknado. They shot it all. Mm-hmm. It, it was. It, I mean, you're being so generous calling those movies. You know? <laughs> I mean, come on, really? <laughs> you're not really. They, and it was funny because with each success of Sharknado, they cut the budget a little bit more. Yes. And a little bit more to the point where literally. I think if we do one more, it'll be on Zoom. And that, that's thats actually insulting Zoom. You know? I I remember
0: when I, I was doing them, they'd say, okay, uh, you're going to, do you have like a, a suit you can wear? And, and it's like pretty much with those sharp nados, it's like Next they'd say, Do you have a movie camera (laughs) that you could uh, could you bring a microphone? Yeah. Do you have a shark? You know. You don't you don't go around with your own makeup woman, do you by any chance?
2: Al, how many? Um, how many are you in, Al? You're in two, which I watched the other no, night. No, I'm
1: in. I, I'm no, in I mean, every, you're, in,
2: you're in Sharknado too. I mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I, from from two on, I've right. been in, in every Sharknado, which is something I don't put on my resume. <laughs> <You know? It's,
2: laughs> we had to I'm, mention it here early.
1: I've got everything <laughs> I, else on my resume except.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I I've always said if you watch Sharknado. And you, list, you listen closely, you can hear your IQ drop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it
1: was, it was, but you know what, that, after that, after the second one, the, the first one, of course, was nobody had any idea how big that was going to be because it was, it was one of those that falls into the category, it's so bad, it's good, you know? Yes. And the other one, the second one was almost as bad, so it was good. And that, that's one. every, by the, I don't know what, I think there was six, You know, by the sixth one, nobody said anything. The the director didn't even say, I I saw you in Sharknado.
2: That's hilarious. Gilbert, who do you play? Al Al plays himself. Uh, Oh,
1: I'm uh, Ron McDonald.
0: That's right. A reporter. (laughs) Wow.
2: um, sounds like a woman's Scott homage.
0: Yes, and I remember we were filming it. My first one, I filmed in Central Park because it was supposed to be Texas, and <laughs> everyone who's been to Central Park goes, hey, am I in Texas <laughs> right, right now? <laughs> and, and I have to, at the end, start yelling like I'm being attacked by all of uh, the sharks. And, and then when I saw the movie, I'm alive at the end, yeah. and I, I asked them, and they said, well... Uh, on the TV version, when it shows on TV, uh, you uh, you're alive. But if you rent that Sharknado, then you die at the end.
1: <laughs> and and how many people really were going to rent that? Yeah,
0: come on. Uh, yeah. Well, because <laughs> because the lines were too
2: big. We we in all in, in full disclosure, we had the <sighs> director Anthony Ferrante here with us, Al, a couple of years ago. He was a ago.
1: very nice man. Very nice, nice man. man.
2: I yeah. didn't make it to, to installment number six. Do you meet with a fate, a certain fate, or do you make it through the whole series? Well, uh, I, intact? I make it
1: through the whole series, which is crazy, because I was killed. I see. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like one of these things where the shark comes out of the ceiling or something and right. attacks us. So I, when I got the call for, I think it was five, I thought, well, wait, I'm dead. <laughs> well, we never saw you die. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> OK. installment two is particularly memorable uh, for for listeners of this show we've had the actor Richard Kind here a bunch of times and he plays oh. a, I was telling Gilbert before he plays a faded baseball star retired baseball star who gets to swat a shark out of city field
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which and, and I remember after a, the first one a great that moment was filmed filmed on location in Central Park. The next one I I just filmed on a balcony, and there I I was supposed to be in Africa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Al, on, on the subject of movies, tell us yes. about. We mentioned St. Albans, where you're from, and I yes. I, I, wa- I watched a great piece on the Today Show where you went home again. Yes, you went St. Albans, Queens. Back to the old hood. I'm from Ozone Park myself. Okay. So I remember the Lowe's Valencia, which I've heard you yes. talk about. I, my theaters mm-hmm. were the, the Haven and Woodhaven uh-huh. and, and the Cross Bay in Ozone Park. I don't know if you right. remember those. Oh, sure. You talked about, and Gilbert and I love to talk about our childhood theaters on this show. He grew up in Coney Island. Mm-hmm. And you? T- uh, yeah.
0: Well, I grew. I was born in Coney Island. Grew up in Crown Heights. Grew up in
2: Crown Heights. What was your mm-hmm. theater, Gil? What was the uh, local our movie theater?
0: House? Was the Cameo Theater? Cameo. on Eastern Parkway. Wow.
2: And I wow. heard Al talking about seeing uh, a, a lot of films there. You also talked about the Sunrise Drive-in, but specifically, yes. I want to mention you seeing Plaudier films. Yes. Yes. Uh, I guess I it was coming to dinner and Lilies of, yeah. of the Field. And Lilies of the Field. Uh, One of our favorite actors, too. And and,
1: and, and at the Lowe's Valencia Theater, I saw one of, to me, one of the seminal comedies that that to to this day, I still think is one of the greatest comedies of all time. Uh, It's a mad, 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 mad
0: world. Oh, yes. Oh, we talked about that several times.
1: I I, I mean, and, and my wife, who, I'm being kind when I say we really do not share the same sense of humor. Uh, and and but I said just humor me and watch this, mm-hmm. and she thought it was one of the funniest things she'd seen. You know, and it's you know w- when you're ten years old, and you're and and without saying where they just pan that, you know the the airfield, and the, you see the fire truck, and then it's the three Stooges. Yep. You know, granted it was Curly, Joe, Dorita, but it's okay. <laughs> you know?
2: You'll it's make okay. Al- you'll make an allowance. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's Curly Joe Dorito. It's okay. It's all
1: right. It's not yeah, Joe Besser. Curly, it's not, not Joe Besser. Joe,
0: curly Joe Dorita always seemed like, well, we uh, have to have a third Stooge. Yeah. There's a guy walking down the street who's yeah. fat and he's, he's a fat guy. Well, good
2: enough. Let's get him. That's close. It's <laughs> close. Were you, what were you saying, Gil? That Curly Joe uh, got some of the got got Stooge money got, because he was I, the surviving Stooge.
0: Yeah, there were yeah. all these lawsuits, and the money went to Curly Joe, the most hated of the
1: Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it was like. You know, I always remember Channel Eleven here in New York. Growing up, ran the Three Stooges, and you know they were off the air for a while. And in the seventy or the eighties, they brought them back, and they were like new prints and so. And the promo was brand new prints and not a shemp in the bunch. And I thought, uh-huh. you know. If you're Shemp Howard, you're kind of like, wow,
3: yeah, seriously.
1: Oh, you know, I'm dead, but I, you know, I'm still dissed.
2: Sh- Shemp is chaplain next to curly Joe Dorito. I know. Yeah.
1: I know. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. And you know. I remember I, uh, it was officer Joe Bolt.
2: Yes. You bet.
1: You know, back in the day, I mean, and that's okay. You're, you're from New York. So you get this. My first television appearance was on one with Sonny Fox, great on remote from Freedomland
2: wow. in the Bronx. Wow!
1: And we we
0: had him on the show. Sunny was here. Guest. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. And he was. I, he, I, was expecting cute little kids say the darndest thing stories, and he was telling me about how him and his troop in World War II were held prisoner by the Nazis.
2: Wow. Yeah, he was a POW. We'll send that one to you, Al. It's great. Yeah. He was wow. a POW, and the stories he told, he 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 teared up on the show oh telling them gosh. to Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Lost, we just lost Sonny about two months yeah. ago. Yeah.
0: And then I, I remember he called uh, me, and he uh, he was saying, you know, he was asking us when, when the episode with him is going to air. And my wife was on the phone with him, and she said, uh... It's, it's going to air in like a month or two. And he said, uh, Could you put it on sooner? I'm in my 90s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What,
2: what was Freedom Land? Freedom Land,
1: in fact, it's where Co op City is now in the okay. Bronx. Sure. Freedom Land was a developer, I don't know, whoever, but it was their answer to Disneyland in the northeast
3: wow and it
1: was it was uh like a a a wild west fort and some other americana with some rides and stuff and it's like nobody really told them that you know it's the northeast and guess (laughs) what the weather's not really that great for an outdoor park
2: year round wow
1: (laughs) and so it (laughs) lasted like five or six years and then went under and yeah, they sold the land, and they built Co-op City.
2: I, I assume the Valencia Theater is also uh, no longer standing?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, it's, I think it, the cross well, it Bay was a, a it, they, they, turned, they turned it into a church, and I don't, right. I, I, I don't even know if it's still standing. haven't been back there in a while.
2: Yeah. But it's it was, It, it
1: was. It, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, in addition to Sonny Fox, we also had another childhood hero of yours here on this podcast, and that's Chuck McCann. Oh. great Chuck McCann.
1: Mona? <laughs> yeah. You know. Hi,
3: guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what's that other actor who was in that with him? Bill
2: Fiore. Uh, yes. Bill Fiore, terrific the, character The late actor. Bill Fiore. Yeah, yeah. And and I got to tell had you, that
0: sad. Sack this is the only podcast
2: on in the world discussing Bill Fiore right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> everybody. Has,
1: everybody's that. got a hobby,
2: you know. <laughs> That's it.
1: Uh, and and I used to. I mean, I. That was the thing growing up in New York City back in the in the '60s it was really like the heyday of 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 kids' television hosts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had, you know, Sonny Fox, you had Bob McAllister, you had Chuck McCann, who on Channel 11 did Let's Have Fun.
2: That's right. Uh,
1: which on Sundays, they just, you know, opened up the vault and for four hours ran Popeye cartoons, Abbott and Costello, the Keystone Cops, Laurel and Hardy. And Chuck McCann would dress up as because it was at the time the daily news owned them and and they owned the you know the rights to like little orphan annie and dick tracy so he'd dress up as little orphan annie a six foot three guy wearing a red wig and a red dress as little orphan annie He put little cardboard cutouts on his eyes i remember he was he was dick tracy uh he played laurel and hardy in a split screen and they had the paul mccann puppets you know it was uh uh, the paul wasn't paul mccann
2: paul Paul, Uh, was it paul winchell
1: No, no, the Paul Winchell Uh, was... uh, Not
2: Paul uh, uh, Paul Winchell.
1: I can't remember the name of the... The Paul Ashley puppets. Paul Ashley. Paul Ashley puppets.
0: I I remember he would put on... He would dress up as Dick Tracy. Yes! And they'd put on an artificial chin. Yep. And I remember the music was Dick Tracy, he's got a a bulldog jaw. Dick Tracy, he's He's got got, a bulldog jaw. Yeah. Yeah. Dick (laughs) Tracy... Better do what he say. Time, does, crime Time doesn't, doesn't never pay. pay.
1: Da, 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 da. <laughs> and and the great thing about the Dick Tracy, the Dick Tracy show. So <laughs> it was basically Dick Tracy, uh, uh, and they ran the same open for every cartoon. And he goes, "Thanks, Chief. I'll get on it right away." Dick Tracy calling, and then they cut co- and. Every to carto- every character was racist, you know? You yeah, yes. oh, yes. you had <laughs> you yes. had Joe, you had Joe Jitsu. Joe Jitsu. You had Go Go <laughs> Gomez. That's right. Uh, and then you had you had the, the racist trope of a stereotype uh, of the lazy uh, st- uh Irish cop, Heap O'Callery. Heap O'Callery. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like wow. The only guy who wasn't a racist trope. Was hemlock bones? Was a dog? That's right. With a with a who with a, with a, sounded like Cary Grant? It was just crazy.
3: <laughs> the Dick Tracy Show.
2: Chief. I'll get on it right away. Dick
0: Tracy calling Hemlock Holmes. I read you, Tracy. Hemlock, we have a
1: report that the Brow and Oodles are smuggling stolen diamonds into the city. We don't know exactly how they're doing it or where. Your best bet is to take the retouchables and keep an eye on the
3: waterfront.
0: Try Pier 22 first. Right, Al. Six-two and even. Over and out. Bless your heart for remembering Hippo Gallery. Do you remember... Because I always would call this drink the racist Kool-Aid.
1: Oh, Hawaiian there was
0: these... Hawaiian Punch. No, no, it wasn't Hawaiian oh. Punch. Nothing that famous. It was the powdered uh, fruit drinks. And they had uh they they had one uh uh that was a Chinese guy. You're thinking I,
2: of funny face, Gilbert. Funny face. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yeah. Funny face. Yeah. The and answer to kool like, That's right.
0: Also, like a Spanish guy, a yep. uh, Chinese guy. Yeah. Uh, what could, was the names of those You again? can still you
2: find those. Oh. You can find those on eBay. They've, they've been long since discontinued. Yeah, yeah thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> really? Crazy,
1: wow. uh, goofy
0: grape. Yeah. Oh, goo- that's then. right. Yes. Right. Yeah, Jolly
2: Ollie Jolly, Jolly Orange.
0: Yes. Yeah. And what was the cherry one? Uh, that that cherry, Ch- Chinese
2: cherry.
1: Chinese cherry.
0: And that was the racist so was one. Which was really also, racist as, looking. as I
1: recall, was an exotic uh, dancer. That's correct.
2: <laughs> she, she dated jujitsu. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> also, you were into Soupy and, and Sandy oh my Becker gosh. and all, all the other people yes. we, t- we yeah. love to talk about here. I
1: mean, you know, look, it, it's... I I won the 1964 New York City uh, Parks Department talent show. Well, I came in second. Uh, I had a I had a Paul Winchell uh, uh, ventriloquist dummy. I had a Jerry wow. Mahoney dummy. Jerry and I Mahoney. I called I called Steven Sticky Fingers, and I sang "The Mouse" by Soupy Sales. I was beaten by four girls lip syncing. I want to hold your hand. Uh, it was it was held at the bandstand, the band shell in Central Park. My grandmother made me a soupy. Sa- I had a black sweater, white chino pants, the the bow tie, and and my dummy had the same thing. And it was, uh, you know, it was, but Soupy Sales, my gosh, and yeah. and he's the one who put me up for
2: uh,
1: a membership in the Friars Club. You know, I was which just going to a-
2: ask you that because Soupy used to hang around there a lot. Yes, oh yes, yeah, and.
1: and- I don't know if they can record
0: the two of us at the same time, but I.
2: <laughs> well, will well Aristotle will mix it together. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, can you know the words to the mouse? Oh sure. Hey. Hey. Do, do the, the mouse, mouse yeah. yeah. Hey, hey. You can do you it can in your it house, house yeah. yeah. On, On the, the rug. rug or, or on the, the wall, wall.
1: If, if your folks, folks get mad, do, do it in, in the hall. hall. Do, do the mouse, yeah, do the mouse. Let's Come the on, mouse. let's do the let's mouse with me. Come on, on me. and do the mouse with me. <laughs> and then his, uh, his, his other hit, uh, your brains <laughs> will fall out. pop a a ka a ka a a It so romantic it all
0: and over perky. Uh, Pafalapaka uh, Pafalapaka uh, uh, it, it sounds so romantic, so romantic and jerky. Oh, I know oh, that, that phrase will make, make me Thrill, thrill always
1: <laughs> it Because reminds it reminds me of, me you, of you My, my sweet <laughs> Just <laughs> the mention <laughs> Of that tender <laughs> Word
0: of love Gives my heart a heartache, Turkish, Turkish beat, Turkish beat. <laughs> You guys got to go on the road
1: (laughs) My wife is mortified right now Hi Deborah. And
0: do you
2: remember (laughs) When the pandemic ends You guys got to go on the road
0: (laughs) And and do you remember the theme uh, To uh, Winchell Mahoney
2: Oh was that the Scotty Waddy Doo Doo show? Yeah. Hooray! 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 It's Wind Chill Mahoney, Mahoney time.
0: time. It's Wind Chill Mahoney time. time. It's wind, it's wind, show Mahoney time. time. Let's have fun. Of fun.
3: Oh Hooray, my gosh!
0: Hooray! Let oh, everybody cheer! Come on! No. Let us give a <laughs> cheer for everyone! I'm doing Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal go podcast. He right. faces na 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 na. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, shish boom ba! Uh, Scotty waddy do do! <laughs> Scotty waddy do do! Scotty waddy do do!
1: Oh! Uh, let's see. Am I Jerry Mahoney or are you, Knucklehead Smith?
2: That's <laughs> hilarious.
1: Oh, oh
0: and what he used to do there too was he would paint a face
1: on his chin. Yep, and then they would reverse the camera or yeah. turn it upside down, and he had a like a little body on it. And yes. And then also remember uh, on uh, uh, who's the other ventriloquist? Uh, um, Danny O'Day and Farfel. Oh, Farfel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. N E S T L E S, Nestle's makes the makes very, the very best, best. chocolate. And then <laughs> We're his all mouth. dating ourselves. Uh, well, <laughs> that's because nobody else will date us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast after this.
2: You know, when we were researching this and, and when we booked you and I, I called Gilbert and I said, this is music to our ears. The guy's into Officer Joe Bolton, Captain Jack McCarthy, Three Bells and All as huh. Well.
0: Yep. You know, it Zachary. really
2: wasn't. A- Zachary.
0: Oh, and then he would end the show with, well, time and tide wait for no man. No man.
2: Yeah. Good stuff. Uh. I remember Captain Jack hosting the St. Pat's Parade. Yes, on on, oh, on, uh, on channel, channel 11. 11. Yeah. And you, And you're right, Al. It was a renaissance time, you know, for especially kitty show hosts, which is sort of a thing of the past, a yep. little bit. Lo- local kitty show hosts. I bring it up too because a kitty show host played a pivotal role in the beginning of your career. And you know yes. what? I'm, you know what I'm referring to.
1: My my Mis- my department chairman of my college,
2: Mister Trolley.
1: Mister Trolley. Yeah, I went to SUNY Oswego um and and uh Dr. Louis B O'Donnell was the head of of the uh communications department back then we called it radio and TV but he also was at the same time for the uh over 25 years he played Mr. Trolley on the Magic Toy Shop. He wore a a trolley like head and had a cow catcher on his beard. Uh and we would joke with him about it and he goes, "You can laugh, but that freaking trolley paid for my kids' college." You know, um, and he's the guy who put me up for my first television job in Syracuse, New York when I was a, I was coming up on the end of my, my sophomore year in college. They decided to start a, a full-blown weekend newscast. And I, I had just taken a one class in, in meteorology just for a science requirement. I had no, no plans of being on TV. True story. I write about it in the book. It yes. looks so much better in person. He said, Roker, after this was after my first television performance class. He said, "You have the perfect face for radio," and uh, but, <laughs> but he's the guy. And also in that class was a guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, a guy named uh, Jerry Seinfeld.
2: Oh, interesting. Oh.
1: Yes, Jerry. Jerry went to SUNY Oswego, freshman sophomore year, then left, and came down to Queens College. And uh, I haven't heard about what happened to him.
2: The The rest is history. Was that show the Magic Toy Shop? With yes. Mr. Mr. Trolley? Yes. So I just find it interesting, too, the way things work out in life. Here you are a kid growing up, a, a kind of obsessed with TV hosts, kiddie show hosts. Two kiddie show hosts, Mr. Trolley and later Bozo, yeah. your, your pal Willard Scott, yes. would, would play pivotal roles in your early career.
1: Yeah, I mean, Willard, you know, for folks who don't realize, you know, Larry Harmon was the original Bozo mm-hmm. out of Chicago. And he syndicated franchised bozo to different TV stations. And so, and they'd run cartoons and stuff. And so Willard was the local bozo, if you will, in in Washington, D.C. And and a lot of people don't realize he's the guy who created Ronald McDonald. Uh, McDonald's was a sponsor. They were looking, they wanted to create a character. He came up with Ronald McDonald. Uh he got screwed by McDonald's, but uh uh but he was he was the original Ronald McDonald.
0: you, you know, um with Willard Scott, he he always introduced, you know, who's turning a hundred. Yep. And so my grandmother, she uh she calls me up and she says that everyone's telling her, uh they announce you if you're a hundred and she was turning a hundred. And she said, I would like to be on TV. And and I I got in touch with Willet Scott and they said, uh, say what, her, you know, hobbies and everything. And I said, Well, I asked my mother and she goes, Well, she likes to cook and she likes going outside. <laughs> and okay. and and so Willet Scott announces it like And uh, happy 100th birthday to Minnie Zimmerman, who likes cooking and the great outdoors. And it made her sound like she does mountain climbing. <laughs> she, was,
2: she was Jeremiah Johnson. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> She's repelling off the sides of mountains.
2: <laughs> it's kinda of touching in the book, Al, uh, which and we'll say the title as often as we can. You look so much better in person. It's touching how nice Willard was in those yes. D C days to you. You're a total stranger.
1: I, I I mean, look, I was on, on W T T G, the Channel Five. Nobody watched it. You know, I mean nobody under the age of eighty. You know, I mean the only time somebody young watched it was when they went in and found their grandparent dead. <laughs> <You> <laughs>
2: would, you know. the, t- the TV was still tuned to TV that TV. The TV was still on, you know. <laughs> that
1: was it. You know, they're putting the sheet over and they, they may look over and see you. Uh but but he literally, I mean, before everybody was using the phrase, the word, oh, he's my mentor. He's my mentor. He literally called me up out of the blue. I mean, I pick up my phone and it's, hey, this is Al Roker. I said, yeah, come on outside. Let's go to dinner. It's Willard. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? So I go outside. A station uh, is on Wisconsin Avenue. He is parked outside in a, like a fire engine red Cadillac convertible. You know, he had one of the first cell phones, mobile phones. It was like a suitcase mounted inside the car (laughs) and so i go he goes let go to dinner here we go i'm going to one of my favorite italian places he makes a u-turn and parks literally across the street from the station (laughs) 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 i mean it's like a sitcom (laughs) and pulls up (laughs) and we go to alfredo's la Trotteria restaurant
3: on wisconsin avenue Uh, and and he
2: Good
1: and and he just he he just takes me you know and 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 takes care of me and and two best bits of advice both professionally and personally he gave me the first one was never give up your day job you know you can do all these different things but you know the weather is your gig he was, at the time was the local weather guy at WRC I mean he was the biggest other than the Washington Monument Willard Scott was the biggest thing in Washington D.C. and he said the other thing is be yourself. You know they can they can take whatever they want from you, but they can't take you away from you. And and I've tried to live that. You know, both That's advice and personally. you've taken
2: to heart all these years. Yeah, I really yeah. have. Yeah. Was it D.C. where I, they tried to turn you into a movie critic? What? Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, I. So you know, I'd been at the station maybe a year or so, and the news director said, "Look, I I think you're a, a good talent, but I I just don't know that you're cut out to do the weather." So, um, <laughs> uh, I was like, well, it's about, see, that's kind of what I do. So, well, what I really like is, you know, I think you'd be fun as, as kind of, there was a guy here in New York on Channel 5, guy, and, and we were owned by Metro Media at the time, which is now Fox, uh, a guy named Stuart Klein, who was the, I remember the, Stuart mo- Klein. the movie critic. Yeah. and it was a um,
2: curmudgeon. On, uh,
1: yes. Channel
0: yeah. 5. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, exactly.
1: So our news director said, I, I want you to be our Stuart Klein. Uh, and I said, I, I I don't know that I can do that. Oh, sure you can. Listen, tell you what, you think about it over the weekend and, and let me know when you come in on Monday. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, this is, this is, my career could be over here. But I decided, and this is what I kind of, re- you, you got to be true to yourself. I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to tell, I don't want to do it. And, and if he's going to fire me, then I guess I'm going to have to start looking for a new job. And, of course, this was really before everybody had cell phones Anyway, I got into, and we only did one newscast, the 10 o'clock news. And I got into the station about 3 o'clock, and I'm thinking, I'm just dreading it. And as I'm walking in, so, did you hear? Did you hear about uh, the news director? I said, what? He goes, yeah. he got let go. I said, what? He's gone. I'm
3: thinking, yes! <laughs> yes!
2: So you never reviewed one movie?
1: So I never reviewed a movie. Well, I mean, I re- never, you know, never, yeah. never did a play, nothing. Uh, well. And then six months later, I, I got the job in Cleveland, and right. kept going. It
2: was meant you to know, be. I
0: I just remembered another of those things that would show all the time on TV, and that was the Bowery Boys.
2: Oh,
1: Hunt Hall, Leo Gorsi. yes, you know, Pop's well, Chocolate Shop. Yeah, with with uh, with um, Louis Leo Gorcy's
0: father. Yes. Bernard Garcia.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean I, I, I think those were on Channel Eleven too. You know, you just I mean it, 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 where else could you watch this stuff? You know? I mean it was it was before cable, you know, so but in New York you were lucky because you had three network Affiliates, owned stations, mm-hmm. but you had three independent stations, which this was before you had the CW and my nine or, you know, and, and Fox. So all they could do is run old movies and kids shows, you know, and, Lassie and, st- and all that stuff. St-
0: one time there, <laughs> there was a contest between Milton Burl and Hunts Hall. Do you see where this is headed? I have a, man, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Who, who had the biggest stick?
2: We didn't. We didn't say the show was clean, Al.
1: No, I, I've, 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 I've heard the show. Oh, Milton! I didn't know you were bringing your son with you. Okay, that's hilarious.
2: That's hilarious. Well, Je- Jeffrey time. Ross had the great line about Milton's schlong. He said it was so long it had an elbow. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that Jeff Ross! Oh, what a, a, guy. a Funny man. What else did you watch? We we obsessed about the million dollar movie on this show. Oh my you gosh! Could, you could see the same movie five times a week. because yeah, they exactly. Would just trot out Mighty Joe Young five times. That's
1: it. You know, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's 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 kind of like that was the early version of streaming.
2: You know? No,
1: I look. I, I mean, I watched everything. You know, it's, I wasn't much into westerns. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, but but any it, but sitcoms. I was. I mean, I. And, and, you know, back in the 60s, mid-60s, when the superhero craze, you know, Batman, Captain Nice, you know, all those shows, uh, you know, the reruns of Superman, which I, you know, those, the, the ones with George Reeve. Sure. And, you know, you would read the comic, and he's, Superman is fighting, you know, all these intergalactic bad guys and stuff, but on the TV show, <laughs> he's fighting like Muggsy, you know? And he's, <laughs> yes. he's He's bad, these B-level, you know, gangsters.
0: He's you know, fighting w-
1: bank robbers. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I
2: mean, like this is a come down! Bank robbers who are trying to to to, uh, to get their hands on Professor Periwinkle. Exactly, Pro, Pro, yes. Professor Pepperwinkle's uh, uh, gravi- anti gravity machine. Yeah,
1: don't call me chief. I mean, you know, there was just really, there was only one where Superman kind of kind of killed a guy. Yes, yeah. oh. the
0: one on the mountain. On Not, the mountain.
2: Yeah. He
1: knows they're gonna try to climb down. You stay here, I'll be back. I'm gonna because he discovers who Superman That's is. That's right. And he's with the girlfriend, you know, and, and he goes, Come on, we're gonna climb down. And like, I don't know. And like 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 two feet down, they ah! <laughs> and and you everybody- can see Superman going. <laughs> That worked out well.
0: Everybody who remembers the Superman series remembers that. Yes. And then it not only were they on a cliff that you could easily fall off, of, but I think it was like there was snow. Oh yeah, they weren't like he took. he
1: flew them to like to Alaska or the Arctic, (laughs) where where he said, you know, don't climb, don't go, don't climb down. Whatever you do, (laughs) don't (laughs) climb down. I'll be back with some warm clothes. And you know, Superman's thinking, I'm not really going anywhere. (laughs) Because I know in five minutes. there it's like he
0: left, the, he left them somewhere where you couldn't survive for three seconds. No. he kept saying, try.
1: I'll be back with a, don't climb down. Wink. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and bless you for bringing up Captain Nice, Al, but I... <laughs> I, I warn you that it may lead to Gilbert okay, singing the theme song. Okay,
0: Whoa. Look, it's the man who flies around like an eagle. Look, it's the man who hates all oh, that's illegal. Who is this man with arms built just like hammers? It's just some nut who flies around in pajamas. That's no nut, son.
1: That's that, Captain that, Nice.
3: <laughs> you got <laughs> it. Okay.
1: Okay, here's, here's why my parents were worried.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and now your wife is worried. Yeah,
1: because yeah. as a kid, so I was 11 years old. There was a place in Queens called Lafayette Radio. It was a, it was a uh, like you could for people who were audio enthusiasts and hobbyists and so you could buy, you could build radios and you know get stuff there. And I remember my dad was a bus driver, and he would always come back from the depot with stuff that had. Falling off the back of a truck, you know? <laughs> and he, he'd always call me and say, hey, for a a, a, a Yashica TL35, uh, 35 millimeter camera, 25 bucks, is that a good price? <laughs> yes, Dad, could you get two? You know, I've some guys got a 3M woolen sack reel-to-reel tape recorder for, for $15. Should I get? <laughs> yes, Dad. So he'd bring, because I was a, an audio video nut. And he, bring, he brings it home. And I discovered if I pull off the back of our TV and run wire from the speaker leads to the line in of the recorder, I can record the audio of whatever's on the oh, TV. Hey,
2: you mentioned that in the book. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so I'm like recording Batman and then the adventures of Superman. I come upstairs to my mother and go, listen to this. I splice these two things together. And I, I didn't even notice the look of concern and worry on her face. Like, <laughs> my oldest child is spending way too much time in that basement. And he's going to be living with us till he's 60. <laughs> and,
0: and I remember, too, I, well, it's so funny that they used to say, don't touch that dial. Right. We'll be right back. And you no said di- something in an interview that really struck me because I always think of this. Uh, that how, like, you know, when we all had records, yeah. and you you try to put it, and it would scrape. And that how, to this day, in movies and TV shows, they still have the scraping needle sound yeah. effect.
2: Yep. Especially it in be trailers. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yes! You know, yeah, And everything stops.
1: Right. You know, and it's been years, although vinyl is uh, making a comeback, but... You know, most of these kids have no idea. You know, it's the same as like ten ten 10 wins still has the teletype sound.
2: Yeah, I love that <laughs> on the yeah, old yeah. news radio station. Yeah, I love
1: that. <laughs> there hasn't been a teletype in a newsroom in 50 years. You know.
2: I yeah. saw your uh, your interview with the TV Academy, Alan. Again, bless your heart. You're bringing up old shows like the Phyllis Diller Show and the Double Life of Henry Fife. Henry Fife, who me? Henry Fife, red buttons. Fyfe.
1: Red <laughs> buttons.
2: Never bless had a you. dinner. Never got a
0: dinner yeah <laughs> and ho ho he, he. he, ha. he. strange, strange, strange things, things are happening, happening.
2: <laughs> was that Phyllis Diller show the Phyllis Diller show or was it the spiritss yes. of Southampton uh,
1: they, the we, Phyllis with, Diller with show
2: John Aston
1: yes yeah they changed John the Aston oh man we had him here I'm Dickens he's Finster
2: you bet buddy Here's yes. A, here's an early question from a listener since you brought up superheroes. Kurt Nichols yes. would like to know if Al. We're gonna go back into the Wayback Machine. If Al had appeared in a guest spot on the Batman 66 show, which villain would he have liked to have played?
1: Oh gosh. Uh I'm the penguin.
2: Oh yeah. you got competition oh, from Gilbert.
1: <laughs> We had
0: uh, Adam West on this show, oh. and Adam West said to me that, he goes, you would have made a good penguin. Ah! Huh? And I thought, there you go. boy, uh, that was uh, the biggest, um... oh, here, you said, you in one interview, that you wanted to integrate
1: the Flintstones. Yes! i did i mean you know i i you know i love cartoons deborah has said that i would probably give up anything everything if i could find the portal to toontown you know it's like and and the flintstones i mean look you gotta remember that was to me the 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 ultimate you know i mean every day you know that uh you know, that 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 rib comes out and it tips the car yes. over and uh. You know, I wanted to be Fred's next door neighbor, next to like on the other side of where Barney is. I mean, I, I, so you got Barney, <laughs> you got Fred, you got the the, the Roostones, you know.
0: And and you know the funny thing, just recently, someone sent to me, and it was like a a poster. I don't think they ever filmed one, but uh Hanna Barbera. They saw how well, like, the Jeffersons and Good Times mm-hmm. and Sanford and Son were doing. And they figured, uh, Hanna-Barbera figured, well, Black is in now. And they were actually planning on doing a series called The Blackstones. Oh, wow. That it would wow. be the Black Flintstones.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Which I wish if if someone out there has oh. a copy of that, dear God send it to me. It wow. sounds wow. frightening.
1: In fact, yeah. w- what was the original the original title of the Flintstones? <laughs> no, no, seriously. It oh, was God. it He's was gonna in, stump us. In the in the pilot, it was a seven minute black and white pilot. Uh they were called Meet the Flagstones.
2: You are right, sir. Very good. Very good.
0: And you know what I remember too with the Flintstones was that before there was their famous theme song. Yes. Uh, they used to play da da da. Yeah. It was da, called da, Rise and Shine.
1: That yes, was the original yes. title. They didn't add the, 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 the words till they syndicated it. And that's when. We got the, although I remember as a kid watching it live, one of their sponsors, well, not, you know, when it was, when it first aired, their sponsor, one of their sponsors was Salem Cigarettes.
2: Yep, you can and see was those big, on YouTube. There,
1: there was a and, big and
0: billboard. Yeah,
2: you can there's see them a smoking. There's
1: commercial,
0: and there's actually commercial, I've seen it on the internet, of Fred Flintstone and Bonnie Rubble smoking cigarettes.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Here's the thing I never, I, I can accept That men and dinosaurs were actually living together at the same time. Yeah. That that they had cars, that you used an elephant to wash the dishes. Uh I get all that. I'll buy that. But at the end, and that cat will stay out for the night. The cat jumps back in the window, opens the door, and puts Fred out, slams the door. Right. Fred literally. Two feet from the window that has no glass in it, he's banging on the door. Wilma! He's that stupid that he can't walk over two feet and climb through the same window that the cat had just
2: gone through
0: 10 seconds
2: earlier. Hilarious.
0: And it was a cartoon
1: with a laugh track.
0: I
2: know. That's another weird thing. Like, that was brilliant. Where was
1: the audience? It was brilliant. (laughs) I mean, also- because because it was on in prime time. And so it was it was a sitcom, but it was just animated.
2: Well, it was right? the Honey Motors three ton. Exactly. but okay. Exactly.
1: Hanna-Barbera <laughs> ripped off everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yes. everybody. Everything. I mean, let's face it. You yeah. know, Top Cat was, 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 was Bill Phil Bill. Silvers, Bill was Bilko. Bill.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: come
1: yeah. on.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I er- and then er- another, oh, this one wasn't Hanna-Barbera, but another Bilko ripoff. Well, yeah. Oh, that was Hanna-Barbera?
1: Top cat? Yeah. Top cat?
0: Top Cat, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I yeah. mean,
1: you know, let's face Augie Doggie and Doggie Daddy. Augie Doggy was Jimmy Durante, for God's sake.
2: And Huckleberry Hound was Andy Griffith. Was,
1: was Andy Griffith.
2: But I read it bothered you, too, that Yogi Bear wore a tie without a shirt.
1: I, well, He had a tie and a collar <laughs> and a hat. Okay, <laughs> All right, I guess. I guess. Where did he get the collar, (laughs) you know? And Boo Boo had just a bow tie. I'm guessing it's a clip-on, you know, because there was nothing else around. Just there. Quick draw McGraw. He's a horse. Okay, he talks. I get it. How does he get the hoof around the trigger? I don't know.
2: (laughs) These are are imponderables. (laughs) Sorry.
0: I remember it was like Arnold Stang... Yes. Was doing a Phil Silvers animation. Yes.
2: Very good, Gil. Very good.
0: And and uh, Kaplan, who we've
2: had on this show. Yeah, we have Marvin Kaplan. here. Oh gosh, Benny oh, and Chooch. He was. He was. He, I think he was. She was Choochoo. Choo. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Al, your your interest in animation wasn't just as a fan. I mean, you actually it was actually an early dream. Yes. I was that specifically you know, Disney. You want to be a Disney. animator? I
1: wanted to be a Disney animator. I mean, I I just loved you know the idea of creating creating characters and the the motion and all the, you know, you know the, the thing I loved about my dad, and I learned so much about, you know, life from him. And, you know, he was a New York City bus driver, ended up, you know, uh, in, in labor relations at the Transit Authority. But um, he knew I was not athletic. Ooh, what a surprise. But... <laughs> <laughs> hard to believe. Uh, <laughs> But he he found what I was interested in and and fed that. That's sweet. And, and he he knew I loved animation and so and movies and television and so everything that he could do to to nurture that he did. And uh, yeah and 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 so like we would watch you know uh, Top Cat and the Flintstones and Yogi Bear and all that. And and he would find books for me at the library about that stuff and. Uh, uh, bought me my first animation book, How to Draw Animated Cartoons by Preston Blair. You know, and it, it was, it, and, and that's.
2: I know that name. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I, well, tell us the, g-
2: about your strip. Salt, salt uh, and pepper.
1: Salt and pepper, uh, and it was, uh, it was in the Syracuse New Times, and uh, I was in in college, and and it was uh, Jeremy Salt, and I can't remember the Peppa's the first name now, but but it was it ran like maybe. 12 weeks or so. It was a weekly free paper. And uh yeah, I I you know, we did kind of you know, local politics and stuff like that. But it was it was kind of a dream come true. I mean, look, and getting to interview Charles Schultz twice uh which I ra- r- write about in the book is, yes. is, is is was was uh one of the most special moments. I got to interview him for the 50th anniversary of Peanuts. And then sadly Six months later, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. It was stage four and inoperable. And he asked me to come back out and do his last interview. Uh, and it was like... And, and in a way, you know, sometimes people just retire and the strip ends or somebody else takes it over and that's that. But, you know, this way he got to find out how beloved that strip and he, as the creator by mm-hmm. extension, was. And uh, look, it's still... Still running today. I mean, there's still. I mean, they're repeats, uh, re-reprints, but when you think about the uh, the impact that that strip has had from a, a sociological standpoint, oh, course, a theological so it, standpoint,
2: oh, and the humorous uh, that it influenced.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I remember telling him how important it was. Nineteen sixty nine, he introduced Franklin. You know, mm-hmm. the first black character. Yes, and and uh, you know what an impact that had. Uh, it was. It was. Um, it really made. And and it goes to. How important it is for people to be able to see people that represent them and and who they are in in popular media. It, it makes a it makes a huge
2: difference. When you when you met Sparky finally, I mean, and some you know, as we we all know that sometimes meeting your heroes can be can be treacherous.
1: It was, was wasn't everything, everything you expected. It was it everything. Be? You know what? In a way, it was more
2: mm-hmm.
3: in
1: that. Look, the man had an ego. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. But it was it was something that you would expect, but yet the humility was still more than I expected. Uh and the the, the quiet confidence, yet he still, even at you know, at seventy-four, still questioned things and yes. knew he didn't have all the answers. And and you know, it was uh it was it was a real uh, uh, it was one of those things where I went back to my hotel room and went in Santa Rosa, California, after the first interview and just was like kind of like trying to process everything I had just taken part in. You know, that's like this guy he was you know talking. I'm talking to Charles Schultz. It's still. You know, one of those amazing moments.
2: We had his son Craig Schultz here. We did a we did mm-hmm. a Christmas episode uh, for Charlie Brown Christmas, and I when I asked him what his favorite strip of his dad's was, he got choked up. It was the one where Charlie goes to the barber shop and waits mm-hmm. for his dad to finish to finish cutting hair, so yeah. they can ride the bus home together.
1: And you know, it's funny yeah. because that's one of the things I mentioned to him. He got emotional because, because I you know one of the, my my fondest memories of time with my father was I would, when I was off from school, I would ride the bus with him. You know, he'd, he'd do his shift for eight hours, back and forth on Flatbush Avenue. Uh, and, and, you know, I'd see these people, and he'd introduce me to them. And, you know, this is my son, and I was eight years old. And to the point where when I got my first job in Syracuse, they gave us business cards, like, I'm a college student. What do I do with these business cards? I, like, a, a, a couple of weeks after I'd gotten the cards, I went home to visit my folks in Queens. And I'd forgotten the business cards. Anyway, four or five weeks later, I start getting phone calls from people. And I say, hey, hi, how are you? This is so-and-so. And I said, how did you get my number? He goes, oh, your dad's handing out your business cards on the bus route.
2: Oh, what a a good dad.
1: You know, listen, if you're in Syracuse, look my son up. You know, know, watch him on
0: TV, you know.
1: You know, it's so funny
0: when you said Flatbush, I got uh, an immediate also nostalgia again because there were a few theaters on Mm -hmm. Flatbush Avenue. I remember seeing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. On Flatbush Avenue, one of the theaters.
1: Yeah, you know, and the things I, you know, like he would on the way home from the depot, he'd stop at Ettinger's and get uh, you know, the pound cake, or sometimes he'd go <laughs> Eppingers get the blackout cake. You know, I mean, it was <laughs> full, there. There was a theme. There's a there's a reason why I was not athletic. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What, did you re- what do you refer to yourself as in, in the book? You would say, uh, it, today it would be a, an IT person, but back then you call yourself the AV
1: dork? We were the AV nerds. We, AV you know, nerds. We, I mean, we literally... I was in high school, and back then, you know, AV was, you know, the 16-millimeter projector, you know? So we had to come in with... We had the cart and the 16-millimeter oh, sure. projector, and you had to keep the loop to thread it so that the sound stayed in sync or run the film strips. We, were, we thought we were so cool... And we had no idea everybody was laughing at us everybody was yeah we even thought we had our own ga- we had our own gang sign AV you know I mean it was just it was sad and pathetic you know
2: it really- Gil- Gilbert was oh. neither athletic or on the AV squad I don't know I don't know what he was doing but by the way you you're both cartoonists you're both uh, you both dabble in cartooning We'll send you Gilberts stuff oh yeah. I'd love to see it it's like basil Wolverton Gilbert stuff. Oh. you know that yes yeah. Are you keeping your hand in drawing a little bit, Al? From you, know, I I, you know, I haven't.
1: I, when I sign my autograph for, like, when, when I'm at book signings or mm-hmm. after, you know, when I sign, you know, for, for You Look So Much Better in Person, I've got a little sun character and a little cloud character. So from I'll, I'll do those. But otherwise, I, you know, it's just been, it's kind of fallen by the wayside. I, I do miss it. I get, you know, when, maybe when I retire, I'll. I'll pick
2: that up. would which... like, like to see your strip one day. My my dad was a, a painter. My dad was an oh, wait. artist. My, oh, you oh, said,
1: you like. I thought you said you'd like to see me strip. I that
2: thought, as wow. Well. That <laughs> That's,
1: wow. This took a turn. <laughs> I, I, wow. I, I would watch that uh, like porn. Uh, yeah. yeah. Only only that make it better is if it had been written by Larry David.
2: Jeez, we, <laughs> we'd like to see Salt and Pepper.
1: Well, I'll, I'll. It's it's online. I'll I'll see if I can find that
2: for you. Here's another one from a listener, Charlie Bruce. Uh, we know that Al is a huge Ghostbusters fan. What does he remember of his experience fi- filming Zombieland with the great Bill Murray?
1: Oh my gosh, it was uh, it was a real hoot. In that, you know, I had seen my daughter, my middle girl, and said, "Dad, you got to watch this movie, Zombieland." It's so, and and I did, and it was it was busted, got funny, you know, and of course Bill Murray, Mm -hmm. you know, gets killed in it. Um, And so since it's out, I don't think it's giving anything away. What I felt, it was in the credits and it is day zero of when the zombie apocalypse started. They don't explain how it starts, but that's how it starts. And I'm interviewing Bill Murray for Garfield 3, Flabby Tabby, and uh, <laughs> while I'm interviewing him, I become a zombie. And, and he kills me and then goes out and fights his way through all the zombies to, to, I to gotta get see away. This. Uh, it's, it's in the closing credits, you know, because it's funny. I, I get invited to the premiere. I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh, they, they must have cut my scene. All right. Well, there you go. And I'm getting ready to leave as the credits rolling. And then it pops up. Uh, but it was a lot... They filmed it in Atlanta, uh, you know, and, and Woody Harrelson, you know, was there. He, I, we, we didn't share a scene, but he goes, listen, I don't know what's going on and when you're leaving, but having some people to the house, and eh, it's going to be good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did you go to the house?
1: I did not go to no, the
2: you house. you didn't go to
1: the house. <laughs> I didn't go,
3: uh, I, I thought...
1: Do I go to the house or do I go, do I get on that flight back to New York? I think I'm going to go back home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor.
2: Now, your, your assistant, he, he said, we know you're a friar. He said you wanted to talk to us, too, about about some, some uh, classic com- uh, comedians, including Mr. Gottfried.
1: Yes, well, I mean, look, I've I've had the pleasure of being at a more than one roast with mm-hmm. with uh, Gilbert, uh, you know. And uh, can,
2: can we an, actually talk about anything that happened at those? Roasts? I don't, I
1: don't think so. Uh, and I was,
2: I was there too. I, I
1: don't I don't I don't
2: I don't think we can. I don't think so. I I don't think so.
1: I I don't I don't think it would be prudent.
2: No. I I I will tell you my favorite roast joke, which was Belzer following Freddie Roman to the mic. Gilbert knows this one. He said, "Ladies and gentlemen, Freddie Roman, give it up. Jack Ruby had a longer TV career."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Wow! You know, and that's the it's it's an interesting. Time because I I don't do those ever come back I don't know
2: I don't know, you know? How I, many I, Central I, still trying to do their version of it I mean they 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 pulled Alec Baldwin out a couple of what last yeah, year yeah. Yeah. Bruce Willis a few years ago I mean they're still attempting to keep the the brand going
1: yeah but and, I, I and
2: don't you acquitted yourself quite well might I add I was a writer on a couple of those and you were you were we you know we don't have to go into detail thanks <laughs> <laughs> thank you but you were quite good. Well, you
1: know, look, it's, uh, again, I, I'm i one of those people, like some people, oh, you should do stand-up. You'd be great. I said, no, I'm good for two or three minutes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then it's a very steep drop-off.
3: <laughs> it, it's
1: literally like... My sex life with Deborah, you know, I'm good for two or three minutes. And then it's a very steep drop off. So, you know, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. those moments are good because you're only on for a little bit. People are very forgiving in a sense, and then you get out.
2: Well, you know how to tell a joke. I mean, when you consider some of the people that get up at those roasts that, that don't have any business being up there. I mean, you know how to get up and do and do a bit and tell a joke.
1: Well, you listen, I've I've watched enough people, you know, Gilbert Gottfried, Soupy Sales, you Uh know, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, uh, uh, you go through, I mean, even somebody, here's a, okay, here's one for you. I got a call the other day through a a mutual acquaintance and it was like one of the most amazing moments ever from uh, uh, Willie Tyler, of Willie Tyler and Lester. You know, the, the only time I had seen a black, Ventriloquist, who you know back in the day was on Sullivan, was on Merv oh, Griffin, yeah. was on Johnny Carson. I mean, everywhere, everywhere, and still as sharp as a tack, funny as hell, you know. And and you know that's the you know today I don't know that there's that you know that 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 ability for young comics. You know, it's either they they, they tell a couple of jokes and all of a sudden they've got a Comedy Central special.
2: You know, well, well Willie, Willie Tyler, who was here, by the way, on this on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Uh great guy! You know, uh, uh, that's something that Gilbert and I love to talk about, and it's part of the reason we started this show. Is you don't have uh, ventriloquism like impressions is considered quaint yeah. these days. It's considered a part of show business that unfortunately is is passe.
0: Yeah, it yeah. used to be like there were a million impre- uh, million ventriloquists. Well, there was Sherry Lewis, sure, of course. And uh,
2: Ricky and, Lane and Velvel, oh, yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I'll never
1: forget. It. We did, we had uh, Sherry Lewis on on the Today Show, and she comes, you know, lamb chop comes up with lamb, uh, and we're it's done, and you know, it it's it's lamb chop. I mean, this is your childhood. It's lamb chop. I'm not talking uh, Charlie Horse. I'm talking lamb chop. Yes, <laughs> and she takes lamb chop off of her hand, and she basically puts him in a Tupperware container I'm thinking where's the, the the burled wood you know with with the velvet lining you know because this is an American icon no she just stuffs them in a in a rubbermaid container that, and walks that's away
0: so funny because I was once <laughs> on a TV show and and Willie Tyler was on the TV show and we started talking and I said to him where's Lester? And he points to the corner of the room where there's a little suitcase. Yeah. And I also felt like, you know, he's suffocating in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's, a great, there's a great Paul Winchell story. He's on, uh, I think the, it's the Kate Smith Hour. And he's doing his bit. And the director comes We're having trouble hearing the dummy. He goes, what are you talking about? We can't. So he he goes, let's run the sketch, the sketch again. And he's watching the audio guy, and the audio guy keeps pointing the boom mic to Jerry Mahoney <laughs> when he's talking. Which Paul Winchell in his book said it was the highest praise indeed. This guy thinks the voice is coming from
2: the dummy. Did you ever hear of a ventriloquist act named Otto and George? They were no. very, very raunchy. Oh, we'll send you. We'll send you stuff. You'll appreciate but, it. See there's to a, me. There's a story of a guy, a heckler attacking the dummy on stage.
1: Oh my god! Being
2: so a uh, drunk. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> but, but what I what I was always amazed at was the guy who's got to be the greatest ventriloquist of all time has got to be Edgar Bergen. This guy yes. made millions of dollars doing ventriloquism on the radio. Absolutely. I mean, he can move and, his lips. He can do
0: whatever he wants. And the funny thing is, whenever I saw him on TV, he was moving his lips
2: like crazy. <laughs> 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 but it is,
0: it is funny what Frank was saying, because we talk about that a lot. They used to be the you know rich little sure. George Kirby.
1: They've all been on uh, this podcast. Frank well, not, not, George, not George Kirby. No, no be. George Kirby would be dead. Yeah, Frank we, Gorshin, probably a problem, too.
2: Yeah, we did have uh, Will Jordan, who did the best Sullivan in the oh, business. As you, yes, yes, we, ha- we had Rich Little, we had Marilyn and Michaels. We do our best to remember, keep alive. Remember, remember guy,
1: Vaughn, v- Vaughn, Meter? You of know, course. I mean, the, the yes. whole Kennedy thing. Of course,
0: and and then you know the, yeah, um, yeah. So David Fry, it,
2: it, it, best Nixon I, oh, in the business.
0: He he invented the Nixon. Yeah.
1: I got, you. I had a David, you know, that, that was back. And that was when I was a kid, I would buy, most of my friends are buying, you know, you know, uh, uh, Marvin Gaye and, you know, the, the Supreme. I'm buying Vaughn Meter albums. First family. And David Fry. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, right. I mean. Right. What are you going to do?
0: And I remember I saw an interview with Vaughn Meter because he had, you know, he he cornered the market on uh, doing all these uh Kennedy imperson his Kennedy impersonation, and he was once out of town, getting ready to work some show, and the cab driver said, "Hey, did you hear about Kennedy today?" And he thought, "Oh, he knows who I am. He's going to make a joke." And he goes, "Yeah, Kennedy was shot," and and that, uh, I I think I think that night when that news came out, Lenny Bruce went on stage, and he says, uh, boy, uh, Vaughn Meter's really
2: fucked. That was his opening, was <laughs> yeah. His opening line. Yeah, that night. Oh. What, what was it like, Al, for a guy who's a lifelong fan of animation to see himself drawn and animated on The Simpsons?
1: You know, it, it was, I mean, look, first of all, here's a show. What is it now? Thirty-three seasons. Something like that. Uh, uh, longest running uh, since show since '89, I think. Yeah. yeah, longest running show in te- for a while. It was the longest running. Now it's the longest running show, uh, other than Meet the Press. It's the longest running show uh, in television history, and 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 probably, if not the one of the smartest, most smartly written shows, uh, and pointed uh, comedy and observation. And and so to be part of that and to go in to you know record those lines and you're being directed you know uh, by Al Jean and 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 you're coming out and Julie Kavner's going hi Al how you doing you know, it, it's like oh my Surreal. god you know yeah. and they they sent me a cell oh, of nice. my scene with with Bart and they sent an autographed script you know and and it's just it's That's like nice. wow. It, 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 that's those are the things where you still, I can't believe I'm doing this. I I can't believe I get to do this stuff.
2: Yeah, we ask a lot of people that on this show. You know how how often do you have the pinch me moments? And you seem to be a guy, and it's all over the book. You know, you're you're keenly aware of where you've come from, and and oh. and this and the, the you know the the uh, the surprises of this journey. Yeah, I mean, a, listen along the way, you you have a lot of gratitude.
1: I the idea when I got. The weekend weather job at WNBC. You know, I was gonna. I was number two to Frank Field, who at the time arguably was the most popular or well, most well-known weatherman in America. I mean, Johnny Carson used to make fun of. You know, NBC's crack meteorologist, Dr. Frank Field. Um, and my parents could turn on the TV and see me, and I thought, this is it. I've, I, I'm maybe. 10 years down the line maybe Dr. Field will retire and I'll I'll get the Monday through Friday but I thought this I have made it. I am walking in to 30 Rockefeller Plaza. A place where I took the NBC tour and and saw wow. them taping the doctors, you know, and and doing all the, I think before Alec Baldwin was on mm-hmm. on that show. You know, and and it was and, and stu, seeing Studio 8H and you know, Toscanini and all and I'm working here. I, I still, I mean, I'm a kid from Queens. And I remember coming in, taking the F-train from Queens, because I, I was staying with my parents that first night when I moved when I flew back, when I flew in from Cleveland, and taking the F train and coming up at 47th 47th Street, 50th Street, Rockefeller Center Station on the F-train, and I'm walking up to 30 rock in my job. It was, it's it still, and you still, you walk in that building and it oh, is I bet. awe-inspiring. Even you look at the frescoes, you look at the floor, you look at the sculptures. The It's, it's unbelievable. There's no other building that houses a broadcast facility like it in the world. You know, the closest you would come was BBC House in London, and they've torn that down. Mm-hmm. So this is the last standing building that throws back to the beginnings of broadcasting. I still, you know, like sometimes when I'm, I, I drive in, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, not to be maudlin, but you know, I'll visit my folks out at uh, out of Pine Lawn and then I come back in and, you know, you come over that uh, Midtown Tunnel Bridge before you get to the tunnel. And you see all of Manhattan from, you know, your, your field of vision is Manhattan. And I think, I live here, I work here. Yeah. This is – it's more than I, I – I don't know what I w- was going to do, but I, it still boggles the mind that that I do this.
2: You, know? you also said in the book you get emotional when you fly in to the city yeah. when the, when yeah. the, when the, when the city cityscape know, first appears. You're coming
1: in, and it's yeah. it, there's there's nothing like there's, – there's no other city like it to fly into.
2: I think one of my favorite anecdotes in the book is you telling your mother that you're on Channel 5, <laughs> not being able to get the hang of the fact that it's a yeah. different Channel 5.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, so so I I, great I get this job. I get this job. Uh it's Channel 5 in Syracuse, W-H-E-N. So I'm excited, you know, you call you got to call your mother. I call her up and I said, "Mom, guess what? I just got a job doing doing TV weather here in Syracuse." Said, oh, what channel is it on? I said, "Well, Mom, you can't pick it up, it doesn't reach you." "Well, what channel?" I said, "Well, it's, it's Channel 5." She goes, "Oh, I can I can see you." I said, "No, Mom, it doesn't reach to New York City. It's just for Syracuse. No, you're wrong. We have Channel 5 here. I said, Mom, that's W, that's W N E W in New York. I'm working on W H E N in New York. She goes, Well, I, all I know is a five's a five. I said, Yeah, but Mom, it doesn't reach. Wait a minute. I'm going to turn the TV on right now and show you. I said, Mom. And I hear the TV come on. And he goes, See? You you can't see it, but here it's Channel Five. It's on right now. I said, but Mom, it's a different station. And this it's like a bad Abbott and Costello routine. It just wouldn't. Have, finally, I said, she go. What time are you on? I said, I'm on at six o'clock. And then, sure enough, about seven o'clock, she called. I didn't see you.
2: It's <laughs> great. It's a great story. Here's one from a rabbi, Al. This is our friend Rabbi David Komarovsky. I loved Al when he was on locally in Cleveland. He was a regular at my dad my father-in-law's restaurant Bliss on Coventry.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And I want Love to know the if the empanada empanadas and cheese soup are the reason he left Ohio for New York.
1: No, no, no. The only <laughs> Listen, you know what? It's funny. A lot of people not Cleveland. I had a great I live I lived and worked in Cleveland for 5 years. And it was, you know, you have that moment where you find your legs professionally where kind of like it clicks in as to who you're going to be and I don't care who you are whether you're uh, police officer, firefighter, garbage, whatever you do. And and Cleveland was that for me. And so I loved Cleveland. Uh, and the only reason I left was to come home to New York City. Uh, uh, but no, I, in fact, my sister lives in Shaker Heights. Uh, and in, in fact, we're going to be going to Cleveland in May as part of a series uh, reopening America today. And I'm going to be at my old stomping grounds. I, I love Cleveland.
2: It's fun to read about in the book. And we should point out, too, that the book isn't just anecdotes. It's also uh, you're generously sharing career advice and, well, and, li- and life advice, like get up, at, yeah, get up you know. earlier and, send, and call people, don't send emails. And there's a lot of practical advice for the way you get things done, which you've generously shared with younger, younger people or aspiring broadcasters. Yeah,
1: well, it's not so generous because you've got to pay 28 bucks. So, you know,
2: it's a small price it's to small, pay. A small price. So how
0: do you feel about the internet and Twitter and all those things?
1: Look, I, I like it. I think it's fine, you know, for stuff like this. and the, But, you know, when it comes to one-on-one, I still... One of the greatest gifts my wife Deborah gave me uh, was a stationary wardrobe. It came in a beautiful box, uh, uh, you know, 8 by 10 sheets of very nice paper, my name... Uh, 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 you know, small cards to write on envelopes that matched, and I love, and I write with a fountain pen, and I love the feel of it, I love the sound of it, I love the way it looks, uh, and and I like sending people notes. Um, it, it's and and I and I've instilled that in my kids. It's uh, and and that's cool. They and they've heard from people how much it means to them to get a handwritten note. You can, when it's time to write a thank you, yeah, you can send an email, but no, you're not doing that. You're writing a note. You're going to physically write a note, write the address, put a stamp on it, take it to the mailbox and mail it because it means something to people. They took the time to think about you and and get you something. You can give them something back.
2: That's nice. That is good advice. And you, you're you also a fan. Of, uh, it's just interesting. It's in the book. Pick up the phone and call people. Don't, yeah. don't rely on email, especially if you're trying to, Advance your career, you know. Be be persistent. Keep calling. Look, you know, when, you, you, when, you you were a you were a nudge,
1: which yes, is how you I how mean,
2: you got that jo- that job. What was his name? Yeah, Andy, Brigham? Me, Andy Brigham. Andy yeah, Brigham uh, in the was, first place.
1: He was a great great journalist, news director, and and mentor. Uh, but it was one of those things. This again, it was before email and texting, mm-hmm. but but even before there were there were answering machines. You know, you couldn't leave a voicemail. You know, so I kept calling and kept calling. I was waiting to find out about the job and and to got to the point where I I knew the station switchboard operator, Rose. uh, And she'd say, oh dear, he's not here right now. And I keep calling. Finally, one time she put me through and it was like, you know, the dog that chases the car. You know, all of a sudden he catches the car. What do you do? And I kind of stammered. And he said, and he had this voice, this gruff voice. He goes, you know, Roger, the only way I'm going to get you off my ass is to give you this job. So you got the job, all right? All right. We'll see you next week. Click. And I'm like, wait, wait what, what? <laughs> How much am I making? What am I doing? How do I? But it was, but that's, and I tell the young people, you know, I uh-huh. said, first you call, then you call again, and then you call again, and then you leave an email, but then you call again.
2: I thought that was one of the most interesting pieces of advice in the book, as well as "Don't quit your day job." Willard's advice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know because you know it. it persistence means something to people. You know you it it's yeah. it, it you know leaving a text or an email is kind of passive aggressive. Yep. If you really want it, be aggressive.
2: The other thing that struck me was Willard's advice to you: uh, remember that your fans, your viewers, are the customer. Yeah, And the yeah, customer yeah. is always right. So even if you're not in the mood and a fan wants a selfie with you in a grocery store, you f- you find a way to turn it into a positive, or at least yeah. you, you make every effort to.
1: Look, here's the deal. The only time, and I learned this from my, my quote, baby brother, who is now uh, uh, the CEO of Lincoln Hospital in the Bronx, uh, but he I, I overheard him talking to my kids when they were much smaller, and he said the only thing he resented was that when people came up while when he was, again, like, you know, seven, eight years old, 10 years old, he resented when people came up and and kind of infringed on his time with his big brother because he didn't have that much of it. And so it got in his way. And I never thought about that. And and so when I'm with my kids, even now, I say, you know what, I'm with my family. I, I, I hope you'll understand, but I owe them this. So, you know, if, if I, I owe... And 99% of the folks...
2: Say yeah, I get it. Of course, I get
1: it. you get. You'll get one or two. What a jerk! But he's like, okay, whatever.
2: How do you deal with that, Gilbert? When 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 uh, when you're recognized and you're not, for whatever reason, you're not feeling particularly energetic or you're not in the mood, and somebody wants a selfie. I mean, you're that, you're gracious to fans.
0: Uh, yeah, but uh, when I'm not in the mood, it's every second of my life. <laughs> Do but you take yeah. the high road like Al does? <laughs> yeah, I I do pose and stuff. But you know what gets me whenever they do that with their phones? You know, they used to be regular cameras. Yeah, yeah. And with a regular camera, you held it up, click, and the picture was taken. And now with advanced cell phones, it's like, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Are yeah. you in the shot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wait, wait, did I did I press the right thing and <laughs> it takes an hour.
1: <laughs> it's like okay, you asked to take the picture. The least you can do is know how to take know <laughs> yeah, how probably. to take the picture. That's, that's What
2: about what about those people who insist on blaming you for the weather? How do well, you yeah. look, it's how it's do you, it's, it's
1: human it's human nature. You now listen, even in my own house, Deborah will literally say, "You know, they say it's supposed to be sunny in 62." I said, I'm they. What are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are, are you telling me about? You know, <laughs> I'm they. You know, my son will go. Well, Maria LaRosa on channel this this morning said it's going to. Well, you know what? Why don't you go live with Maria LaRosa? let her pay for those pay for those hundred fifty dollars sneakers.
2: What you yes. say? You say in the book it's important to have a good comeback line at the ready. For oh, the, yeah, for people who are aggressive about it. Yeah,
1: I I I have stolen. Uh, it was one of my favorite lines from Seinfeld. And Elaine and uh, uh, George Costanza, not George Costanza, oh, Frank. Costanza, Frank Costanza. Costanza, Frank Costanza, played by the late, great classic Jerry yep. Stiller. You know, he goes, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of Bring it, old man. I will drop you like a bag of dirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got two quick ones here. Favorite fictional weather forecaster. Brick Tamlin from Anchorman, Phil uh-huh. Connors from Groundhog Day, or Gordy Howard, our friend John Amos from the Mary Tyler Moore show.
1: I have to go with Gordy Howard. Look at that. Yeah, absolutely. Because we were both bald, even though he was wearing a tube. <laughs>
2: That's a good man, John. We had Yeah. And how
1: did you see did you see Coming to America too? Not yet. He looks he's in it, you know, McDowell's, and he, lo- he looks fantastic.
2: <laughs> why did you, my other question Why did you, before we get you out of here Why did you, do you compare yourself To, and this is this is in the book uh, That you're comfortable with Second banana status And, and you, go, you go so far as to compare yourself To a classic sitcom character uh,
1: uh, I, my If I had a choice, if I had a chance To play any character in a sitcom It would have been Norm Played by the great George Wendt uh, Because he always had a great Entrance had a great line, and they had they always had these great reaction shots of him during the show. And he'd still have one or two. My One of my all-time favorites, he would come in, and he goes, Norm. they go, Norman! Norm? He goes, how's life treating you, Norm? Like it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Norm, what's up? My nipples, it's freezing outside. You know, I mean, it's just... It was, so, but I, I love... You know the idea. You don't have to be the star, to 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 have a great career. Willard taught me that. Again, I, everything I seem to learn, mm-hmm. I learned from Willard. And and I remember interviewing Ed McMahon. Same thing. You know, he was he was next to Johnny. He was he knew where he was. He knew what he his role was. Had a great life. Had a great career. Good career. Yes. You know. Uh, so so I find that you know being the second banana. On like on the Today Show, I'm not not the host, I'm one of the co-hosts, I'm one of the, uh, the weather guy, but I still get to do amazing things. I get to go uh, incredible places. I get to to meet people that I would never get to meet. So you know, and and I've I've had a you know I'm I'm doing this with you guys. And you know, uh, so so you know the second banana thing is uh, I th- I think you know people waste a lot of energy wanting to be the top dog, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great if that's what you want. But, you know, you can have a good life without getting that, too.
2: I think we're both comfortable with our second-tier showbiz uh, status, aren't we, Gilbert?
0: I haven't hit second-tier yet.
1: (laughs) 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 But here's here's what I... For you, Gilbert, you are... And not to be... uh, Macabre, but long after you're gone, Iago will still be part of our culture. That's true. And that is that is mind-boggling. That there was this character that you know next to Robin Williams is probably, you know, and the genie is probably the greatest character in that movie. And that's my that's my I mean, he's not the star, but Boy, do you remember Iago.
2: Oh, thank you, Al. See, Gilbert, you have a legacy.
0: Yeah. It, I, well, I, I'd rather the parrot died than I lived on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what was great, it, it was the literally, in, 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 in that in one scene, you know, like every cartoon, when a, uh, an animal gets singed or whatever, they're like either... All their fed, or they're wearing underwear or something like that. Iago's yeah, yes. got, it everything, anything you would want in a character, Iago has in, in Aladdin. It's, it's 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 the second greatest character in that movie. There you go. And that's there you go, going some.
0: You... I, I remember somebody told me in the writer's room, uh, when they were making Aladdin, they had a sign that said, When in doubt hurt the parrot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that hurt. <laughs> a little help.
3: A little
2: help. A little help. It's just... I... Al, one yeah. of the pieces of advice in the book is find mentors. Yes. And you found uh, uh, several along the way. But Willard, are you still in touch with Willard? He's, Willard I am. Willard's I 87. Am. Do I have that yeah, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he, it's funny. I do consider him my second dad. My That's dad nice. was still alive. They would, still, they would be the same age. And uh, you know he slowed. He's physically slowed down, but mentally, uh, humor wise, it's still it's still Willard. You know, I I I still come back, come when I hang up the phone. I'm still laughing. You know, and and he just he's just a treasure. I you know I, I I just adore him. He's I can't say enough. He's he's one of the most generous human beings ever.
2: It's nice. I'm glad that you got to make uh, you know to, to meet mentors along the way, who reached out to you.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean that's the thing. You know, usually reach out to your mentor. You know,
2: might be something it, it, about it, it, you though. Not everybody attracts that kind of generosity.
1: Well, you know, look, I who knows? But I, I I'm I'm just grateful that he walked it because I can honestly say I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Willard. You know, because he he's the one who decided. You know, it's time to step back and semi-retire. And he said, you know, it's your turn, you know, and, and that's, that's uh, something you don't always
2: see. So here you are, rarely, a, rarely a, see. A, here you are a guy who had no designs on being in television, you know, 42 years with the same network, a house full of Emmys. What a, what a, what a, a strange series of, of, uh, of, occurrences. Life is strange. You and, were in your and, basement doing cartoons with a, yes. with a with a goal of being a, car, a Disney animator, and 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 you're the most famous weather forecaster in America, and and known the world over, and you didn't even plan well, this, you didn't even plan this career.
1: And that's the beauty. I always tell people, never say no. Are you still yakking? I I am still
2: yapping <laughs> <laughs> Al's Al's wife oh, is right. shutting it down. He's
1: taking well, it out.
2: All right, so well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you won't get in any further. You can fight with your wife uh, on your own time. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. That's my
1: life, pod-
0: baby. I get yes. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, uh, with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. And we're watching the divorce of <laughs> Al
2: In real time. We want to thank John Burke, Associate. No, you Social media director, John. We want to thank our friend Krista Rose, who who helped us out, too, with this episode. Al, it's a wonderful journey, the book. You look so much better in person. True stories of absurdity and success. Hey, hey, you forgot to shout
1: out Aristotle
2: Acevedo. Aristotle, We never forget Aristotle. Aristotle Acevedo. How about that? Aristotle, Al Roker just shouted you out. How do you feel about that? He's on he's, un- he's He's overwhelmed. He's, o-
0: <laughs> he's overwhelmed. And, oh, and, and your wife is standing behind you with a frying
2: pan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Al, next time you join us, let's just talk... We'll, we'll also talk about Yafit Kodo and Bill Duke. And oh, some of my the, gosh. Some of those great actors you were talking oh, about. Oh, we just
1: lost Yafit I Cod-
2: know. That's one of Gilbert's oh. favorites.
1: My gosh. There's still, you know, I mean, the, the show uh, uh, Homicide, Life on the Street... Is still one of my all-time favorites, and he was Al Giordano, a black guy adopted by Italian parents.
2: What yeah. a, and, what a and
1: wonderful and actor! Yaphet was a Jew. There you go.
0: Yeah, e i e i <laughs> o. Yaphet Kotto was a
2: Jew. E i e i o. I want John to know too that we tried uh, to tell, we tried to talk about the Friars Club, and I quickly realized there was nothing repeatable. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> well, we gave it a shot. Al, good luck with the book. Thank you for being a part of this crazy show. Thanks, guys. You were a wonderful Thank guest. You. We'll see you soon.
3: Bye-bye. Hey, do the Mouse, yeah.